Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello, and welcome back to the Have We Made It Yet podcast. It's the podcast where two creatives just starting their journey towards making it mm-hmm. talk about the ups and downs of making it. And I am one of those, those poor souls. I'm the comedian, Josh Yang. And I am hopefully one day the knighted actor, Lucas Ng. Oh, the knighted. That's only yeah. a few are knighted. None are none are Asian, from what I know. But that's so... that's quite a lofty goal. It's yeah, it's a goal. I wouldn't mind. You know what? It is a goal. I wouldn't mind getting the Order of Canada. To be honest, true, true. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's besides the point. I'm not saying making it is going to be getting the Order of Canada, but <laughs> uh, but yes, welcome to to the podcast. Uh-huh. And off the top of our podcast. Ask each other the question: Have you made it yet? So, Lucas, my friend, Sir Lucas, have you made it yet? Not yet. And um, some some kind of exciting news, though. I mean, it, it's it's not like I booked a partner or anything like that yet. But um, well, as in yet, as in this year. But it's uh, I signed with a new agency these uh, the past two days. So um, I feel excited to work with this new agent, and it should be fun going into twenty twenty one because. I need my big rebound year for 2021 as I'm sure yeah, many we, other talented people would want that. Yeah. We're all, we definitely all need a, a rebound year. Once everybody gets vaccinated, then, yeah. then we'll be able to, to do other stuff. How hard was it? How hard, like, how hard would you say is it like switch? Um, it, it, I, and I know I'm saying this from like maybe a point of privilege. Cause I know like some people who have like worked or, you know, tried for years to look for an agent, but, they just don't get it. But like, I was just on a spree in one week. And then I got about a few interviews right after. And then I actually got to choose which agencies I want to, I want to work with. So that felt like a, 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 a kind of a pat on my back to, to show that, hey, Lucas, you're not shit. You're okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, though, Josh, have you made it yet? I have not made it yet. And you know what? It's a little further because, like, I've been having mic issues, um, and now I'm on my phone, so I'm a little further back from making it because uh-huh. I rely on this voice. And if my this voice is not, if it's not coming through in the nicer mic, then uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. But either way, apart from that, I haven't made it yet. But uh, you know, there's a joke of the week that I've been trying, and I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I know you. Yeah. I know that's what you guys are looking forward to. Um, so what it is is okay. Let me premise this 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 idea. So everybody knows about dad jokes. It's kind of like you know those jokes that are supposed to be lame. They're usually like wordplay, uh, honey, and stuff like that. So it's like you know, oh, I I flew in from Vancouver this morning. Boy, uh, are my arms tired? 
you know, that kind of thing. It's like, oh, it's a lame dad joke. I thought started thinking is like, what about I want those type of I want to write those type of jokes, but how do you make those fresh? <laughs> so I'm thinking of something like kind of the same idea, but they're more stern and serious, like like a father. Mm-hmm. So like father jokes. So here's here's just one that I'm, uh, a little bit uh, simple, quick one. So it's like, what is a father's answer to global warming? Uh, what a father would say. You know, like all kids, Jesus touched the thermostat, so God needs to turn it down now. Because, because you know how, because you know how 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 fathers are like, oh, the thermostat, and uh-huh. then it's and then it's like God and the sun and the. Anyways, so basically, it's just you know those type of things. It's 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 equally kind of lame, I'm assuming, but it's a little bit more serious. Right, right, right. It's a it's an idea. It's a premise. It's, I, I, I'm gonna. Yes. I'll elaborate. Um, Dad jokes versus father jokes. I mean that that is something. Yeah. Father jokes. I mean maybe it's something. Then they could go grandfather jokes. Is like, no, I, I don't know any of those. But okay, so those. That's it. Uh, All right. <laughs> let's move on. Hey, Josh. It looks like we have yes, a third. Pa- it looks like we have a third panel today. We do. We do have a third panel, and I will tell you guys a little bit about our, our guest today. Uh, this guest, actually, I met in back in 2017, um, back at my job at TD uh, as a bank teller. And uh, she came on to the job as well during that year. I was working there for about nine, six, six seven months. And um, she also started working there around that time. Then we start, we were pretty much started off as uh, co-workers. And then mm-hmm. over time, it was pretty nice. We had a little group of uh, TD bank tellers that we would like hang out um, outside of work. And at first, like I wasn't, um, I guess, too close with this guest. Mm-hmm. But then on one night when we were all out, uh, like everybody, you know, was drinking and eating, you know, everybody loosened up. We started learning more about each other. And, yeah. that, and one night that we did that, I learned something that blew my mind. It turned out that this guest was actually on uh, the Mon- Mongolian version of kind of like American Idol, kind of like uh, Mongolian Idol back in uh, 2010. Nice. And that really blew my mind. And then uh, she showed us um, kind of the music video that she made as a result of that competition. And that blew my mind even more because, I mean, you'd be surprised. So many people, like we've said a lot on this podcast, but uh-huh. so many people who you know throughout your life may have these secret talents may, may have these amazing experiences yeah. that like you would never necessarily know and it's like worth getting to know the people you know more mm-hmm. um so that's how i kind of learned about that and then yeah well then i moved to toronto and i, I uh, got reminded of her talent and her experience and the fact that she's also thinking of putting out well she had has put out some new music and now she's working with collaborations to put out even more music. So without more, further ado, I'd like to introduce the uh, singer uh, Anu. Woo! There we go. Hello. I'm just going to adjust that. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. And that was amazing going back to 2017. 
And, you know, like thinking of, yeah, it was really fun um, having that little group there. And uh, especially when you left, we missed you so much. So, and then you came to visit. I remember that it was, it was good. Yeah, I tried to come visit like uh, maybe a year or so later after like I kind of got settled in Toronto just to see how everybody was. And that was fine. That was nice. Um, but yeah, a new, you know, very important question. We always ask this off the top. Um, have you made it yet? Um, I'm going to say yes and no, because um, yes, on a very smaller scale. And that's in a different country in Mongolia. And um, no, because I'm now in a different continent, right? North America, and it's a totally different world out here. And I have to almost like start over again, you know, and then uh, make a bit more like different music, I guess. And it's going to be more in like English, but I'm still going to have that Mongolian element in all of my music. So that's where I'm like starting um, since two years ago, I guess. Nice. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, the um, the thing with, kinda, I guess, the Mongolian idol experience is, is kind of like, I guess people in North America were all familiar with the American idol, the setup, the structure, and how, like, they're, it, it's got gone kind of internationalized. So a lot of countries like taking that um, structure and, like, giving opportunities um, within their own country. So in your experience, do you remember like how it got started? Did you do kind of like, I guess, local talent competitions worked your way through uh, up and up to the main competition, the top 25 of, I believe it was called like Universe Best Songs 2010. I mean, it's an English translation, but I mean, it's pretty much like mm -hmm. Mongolian Idol. But like, how, how do you remember starting that journey through that um, competition? Yeah, well, um, it's not exactly Mongolian Idol. I uh, We just, it's like an equivalent to that because, um, and it's, the name is exactly called Universe Best Songs. Uh, we had that English name. And the reason for that was because you can sing in any language you wanted. So um, I really wanted to go into the competition. My uh, mom actually pushed me into it. Um, she was not keen when it first started. I wanted to um, join the first year in 2009. But she was like, why do you want to be in this like whole music business, right? Um, and then the next year she was like, well, maybe you could do well, like try it out. <laughs> so um, I did and it was, it was a really good experience. And that's where I think my whole like, you know, I, I should get into this like music industry thing started. And yeah, it was really fun. Um, it gave me a lot of motivation to like, uh, you know, keep going, keep singing and making more music. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like, like I, I realized, like, of course, your major formative years were back in Mongolia. You know, you, you studied at the national university there and everything. Um, how mm -hmm. has your experience in Mongolia informed your work as a singer? Like what influences from Mongolia do you take into your art? Yeah, so um, actually when I was a kid, when I was, um, <clears throat> I think, seven, I went, our whole family moved to London, UK. Um, so I have a lot of influences uh, from like the Western, you know, culture. So um, 
I have that. And then when I, sorry, when I moved back to Mongolia, um, of course I listen to like more Mongolian singers. So um, it's very international, like what I do, I think, right? And then now I make a lot of um, Latin um, influenced music as well, where I sing in English or Mongolian or both. So it's very mixed, very like culturally mixed, I guess. Yeah, that was also my next question too. Like, um, have you, of course you talk about like using Mongolian as the language with your music too, but Mm -hmm. have, uh, what are some examples that you've blended Mongolian and North American influences into one song? Uh, like an example. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, it's all because of, you know, like me loving this whole like salsa, bachata and kizomba dancing. That's when I first, uh, came to Canada I found out about it about those dances and then I went to a lot of like social dances took the courses it was so fun it like um, affects you so like deeply right that's why I decided to like hey I should do uh, like I can sing um, like kizomba or like bachata songs Um, and also there's like uh, these dance communities everywhere and in Mongolia, it's it's a, a fairly new thing, uh, a new community. So I wanted to help them and encourage them, and um, make them, you know, like like spread the word <laughs> through my song, uh, through my songs. So yeah, I still try to make more kizomba songs for that reason. And um, my first kizomba song is that when we dance kizomba. Right, right. So that's in English. Um, and the next one is Addictive, and that's a Mongolian song. Yeah. And I'm working on more right now as well. Yeah. That's great, because, like, both Lucas and I kind of listened to it, and we did get a, get a sense of, like, you can kind of hear a vibe, because your voice is very strong, um, and it's, like, got a, a much more sultry, kind of, like, a deeper tone to it, which, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm not too sure I initially expected that. When based upon like how I knew you before, um, I guess probably during like working at TD, like um, I kind of saw you maybe a little quieter than than usual. Um, but then when I saw that, that that's why it kind of blew my mind because that was like a lot of you know passion and like kind of emotion out there, which kind of um, I guess shocked me a little bit. Which I think is nice. Which is nice that like if you're able to really show people something you know brand new and stuff like that. Um, I'm wondering like is yeah. is that kind of voice something that um, you discovered through other influences or do you feel like that's just something you just developed yourself? Um, yeah, I do get that a lot because like my speaking voice and my singing voice are very different, right? And when I start singing, I feel like, I don't know, it feels different. I, it starts from like the bottom of your like belly area, I guess with a lot of singers or even actors, right? Um, that's where you get your most energy from. And I think um, like this like soul kind of energy comes from there I don't know, when I start singing. Um, yeah, and then since I was a kid, I was like any other like, you know, uh, Western kid, I guess, where you listen to like Britney Spears, Shakira, Celine Dion because of my mom, it's her favorite singer. Um, you know, and then a lot of like soul as well. 
Um, like Joss Stone is one of my favorite singers. Uh, yeah. That's awesome because I actually had Shakira in my notes when I was researching you because I heard that like powerful soulful voice that you had. And I was like, that sounds like Shakira a bit there. Um, you, you did list off some of your influences yeah. and some of your inspiration, um, but would you mainly say you, you mainly want to focus on dance and, and pop music as opposed to say like other styles of music? Um, well, I got into this Kizomba um, uh, music just because of my love for the dance, right? Otherwise, I really want to continue singing like more pop as well, um, but like Mongolian inspired, like with Mongolian instruments, for example. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that would be really cool to to, yeah. to see more of those because now I think now mm -hmm. is a great time for international music. So many mm -hmm. well, international music in Western societies, like international music, is always is always there, you know. But yeah. like with Latin music getting much popular the last few years, um, K-pop as well. So many different varieties um, out there. What would you say is like like a definitive quality of like Mongolian? music or like a, of a Mongolian style that you think um, is unique to them? Um, yeah, you, you can hear a lot of like instruments from other Asian um, cultures as well, which are Mongolian. Um, there are a lot of like string instruments. Uh, we have a very distinct um, fiddle kind of instrument, which is called the modern horror. It means a horse fiddle. It has like, yeah two strings, you put it on your lap and play like this, and it has like a horse's head on the top. And that sounds very different from any other instrument in the world, I think. Um, it can make actually a horse sound, which is interesting. Um, oh, you know about it. And then there's the throat singing, which a lot of people um, like, yeah, and it's very interesting as well, different, right? It is, I mean, that's, that's like probably one of, I would agree. That's probably one of the first things that people would, would initially imagine if you say like Mongolian music, mm -hmm. Mongolian singing, because that seems a very culturally on point type of um, technique. And like when it comes, like when you mentioned the horse head uh, kind of fiddle, the violin, that's also something like I'm familiar with in terms of like, because Chinese, there's like variations within the north of China that they also have um, that kind of music throughout that region as well. Mm -hmm. definitely influenced by like the plains and the, the mongol area as well i'm wondering like did you ever try Mon mongolian throat singing no it's it's actually more like a um for guys and not and i heard like a interesting fact about it like not everyone's supposed to like start singing it because it's it's basically you're like um connecting with spirits through the throat singing so it's not something easy or like, yeah, that you can do. Anyone can do. Wow. Yeah, because I imagine it's, it's like yeah. you're, you got to train your vocal cords to, to yeah. vibrate in a certain way. And it, it doesn't look like it's easy on the throat, I would imagine. It's not. I mean, to be honest, I've tried. When there's no one around me, like I've tried, <laughs> but it doesn't work like that. I think I need like a tutor or teacher or something. Yeah, I bet. Um, how was how was that experience then like following going through that that competition because that was like something that was broadcast nationally across 
Mongolia. And then all of a sudden you went from like somebody who's interested in, in doing music, performing to all of a sudden, like everybody in Mongolia is familiar with you. How was that changing yeah. your life style? Yeah, that was 2010. I was in second year in college in Mongolia. And then, um, uh, I, yeah, starting from the second round, I think that's when people started like recognizing me. Um, yeah, uh, I remember singing like a, uh, Leona Lewis song, it was uh, Bleeding Love. So people like that a lot and that's the one that they remember the most. <clears throat> so, and Mongolia is like a small country, right? Um, three million um, for the population and one third lives in the capital city uh, where I was. So it's, it's, I would say fairly easy to become popular or, you know, not popular, well-known through the competition. Um, so that was a very interesting experience. Um, exactly, like I was a nobody. And then like suddenly people started like, you know, recognizing me. And then I felt like a little bit like a celebrity there, <laughs> but um, it didn't last very long because I had to go to uh, China as well uh, shortly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, what was that like? kind of related to music as well, or was it like family? No, so music, I uh, up until like recently, it was very, uh, more like a hobby for me, right? So um, in Mongolia, I went to school for uh, college for, um, for international relations, um, because my dad was a diplomat, and um, he influenced me. Um, and I, I also like, his job looked really cool where you can like travel around the world, you know, um, so um, I went to Shanghai to help on the consular section of Mongolia and then also take some like Mandarin classes. So that, um, that was really cool. Nice. nice, cool. And then, so then I guess from that period of time up until uh, you moved to Canada, um, I guess like, Moving to Canada, uh, what year did you move to Canada, actually? Um, 2014, yeah. Okay, 2014. And, like, how was that transition to, like, now living in Canada, now kind of, like, pursuing other objectives and goals, and, like, singing was now just, you know, more of a hobby? Yeah, exactly. And then, so, I came to Canada in 2014. Um, I came here for school, uh, for business. Um, to study business um, for two years. And then after school, I mean, during school, I joined TD Canada Trust, right? Um, and then I've been in the bank. Now I'm going to like um, business school as well for my MBA. So, but you know, like uh, this year is a very interesting year, I guess, for everyone, right? Um, new perspectives, you think about your whole life, you know, think about like, what if the world ends, whatever, like crazy stuff. And it's making you do like uh, uh, crazy decisions. So, but it's, it was really helpful for me because um, I realized I need to do uh, what's important for me, what makes me really happy. And that's definitely music is one of them, right? So now I'm thinking like, I want to do more songs 
and not songs that, you know, will make me popular or, you know, make me look cool. It's more like about what I really feel from the inside, even if not a lot of people like what I do, like Kizomba, not everyone knows it, right? But um, people, small community who does know it can feel like the beat and like all the emotions that are in the song. Um, yeah, that's what's uh, most in me. That's awesome. Um... I, I did want to touch briefly upon like your full-time job at TD right now and also pursuing your arts. And I see on your Instagram, like you have some really cool recording sessions that are planned out and that you've already done too. Um, you know, uh, as for an actor, you know, you need to work a, a pretty fluid job so that you can run off in the middle of the day to do auditions and everything like that. So you need to, you know, work at bars or work at a grocery store, all that stuff. Uh, with you working a full-time, pretty demanding job, how do you find the balance between pursuing your craft, but also making pursuing your, your full-time job too? How do you find that balance? That's a great question. Well, um, I have to take, a, a, take some time off from work, um, which happened recently because I'm doing a full-time um, MBA right now, even though it's from home. But I wanted to do that to give myself a bit more room where I can also focus on my music as well. Otherwise, I'm going to say it's hard to balance everything. You just get like a little bit of everything, which um, I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to music, right? Because once you put something out there, when you release something, it's going to be there forever. You can't change it, right? So I want to put something that I love, like, um, yeah. So it's important, like it requires a lot of time and energy and everything. Um, so that's why I need, definitely needed more time for it. I hear you. Cool. And like you, we saw that you put out some, uh, the two uh, songs there, like When We Dance, Kazumba and uh, Addicted last year. And you did a great music video mm -hmm. um, that you shot, like pretty much in English Bay, I'm pretty sure, in yeah. Vancouver, right? Like how... How was that process? Because that was probably like the first time you would put out something. It seemed like very polished product, uh, polished music video, polished sound. Like how was that period? Like how long did it take to get to that? And then also not just creating this uh, song, but also like getting the team together to make that music video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, well, for When We Dance Kizomba, it was shot at like four or five different places. So downtown Vancouver, English Bay, and a lot of places in uh, North Van and West Van area. Yeah, so <clears throat> um, the song was actually done, I think a year before the video came out. <laughs> um, you know, when you're busy, it's hard to make time. And then, you know, everything has to be perfect. Um, I wanted to be happy with myself as well, you know, just everything was not like, you know, ready. Um, so, but I couldn't wait any longer. So I wanted to just like get it done. Um, yeah. So the video happened a year later. Um, I found this guy, uh, who makes uh, music videos here in Vancouver, a videographer, and he was a really talented, uh, videographer. So, yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Well, yeah, the end result was, was really good. And like you, I see like you're continuing to look for collaborations uh, like Lucas mentioned, like on your Instagram, especially recently, like you got some mm -hmm. studio sessions in there. How did you mm -hmm. meet, um, I believe it's Ray K. How did you meet him? 
or the who you're collaborating with uh, right now? Yeah, so um, this new song that's coming out, hopefully uh, before the end of this year, is um, a very Mongolian pop song, but ha that has like um, some English rap in it. And um, that's where my friend uh, Ray K came in. So uh, yeah, so we've, I think we've been friends for three years now. And um, I recently found out that he was a rapper, which was cool. Um, so we decided to collaborate. Uh, I had the music from Mongolia. And um, since we are here in North America, why not like put some English rap into it, right? Um, yeah, and then one other song is coming out um, after that or before, I haven't decided yet which is done already, uh, which I also recently recorded. It's um, a Mongolian Kizomba song. Yeah. So the other one is like a very pop Mongolian and this one is a Mongolian Kizomba. Nice. Are you going to package this into like one EP or is it just going to be different singles distributed at different times? Yeah, they're going to be singles right now. And um, I'm thinking, yeah, they might become like, um, an album later, maybe like the Kizomba ones, like a Kizomba volume or, yeah. Nice. Nice. And I mean, like, there's definitely, it takes a while to, to get like a good piece of content out there. Like I did a show in January of this year. I keep talking about it because it's still not out because it's, we, we shot it at the end of January and it was in a nice theater and it was like professional cameras and stuff. Very fortunate to be able to do it. And it's still editing. It's still, especially with COVID and everything, delaying it um, and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, I can definitely understand. It takes a lot of time and effort to really um, get something good out there that you can be proud of. Um, I'm wondering as well, because, like, there's a part of it when it comes to, like, doing, creating the music um, from behind the scenes. In terms of, like, say, performing on stage, have you done any, like, open mics or any kind of live performances in Vancouver like before uh, COVID shut, shut things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to do a lot of performances in Mongolia. Um, <clears throat> was invited to a lot of events. Um, yeah, a lot of shows, um, like uh, all kinds of events, right? Like weddings or like new year parties. Um, but since I came here, it's a different, you know, different place. So uh, where I'm not known. <clears throat> I'm just starting to get back to performing, but yeah, exactly with this year, we can't, obviously we can do like, <clears throat> I guess uh, live sessions from the studios, right? You have to be more creative, I guess. Yeah. Or like just um, do more music and release them. Yeah. But I have been performing at like, uh, obviously Mongolian events or like Mongolian New Year parties, for example. Yeah, I did that. <laughs> how was um how was that? Like I guess like there might there's obviously gonna be a difference between like say performing in front of friends and family and then now all of a sudden you're actually being um called upon or signed to do events where it's like you gotta be professional, you gotta deliver per se. Like how was that first experience? Like what was your first event doing that? Oh yeah, uh I definitely remember one of my first performances. Um, that was way before Universe Best Songs. And I I was 
a very shy kid, um, very quiet, you know, like nobody would say I sing, you know. Um, so I would get major stage fright. Uh, and I remember, um, so some of them where I would like get up on stage and forget like the whole lyrics, right? And and I remember making them up as I was singing. Um, yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> bad experience, but you know, experience counts. Yeah, like every experience. If anything, I feel like, especially for comedians, like you learn more from bad experience than you do from a good experience. Mm -hmm. And like you get, you get value and like critique off of, off of your jokes. Um, if it fails, because then you know, okay, that doesn't work, then you can work on what does work. And definitely like <laughs> probably dealing with like forgetting lyrics on stage. It's like now you're kind of a little traumatized and it's like, I'm never going to forget a lyric uh, again per se. Um, what would you say in this entire experience, you know, going through the Mongolian singing competition and then creating music yourself, how, how has that, like, what's one kind of skill that you learned from all of that, that you've taken and just implemented kind of like throughout your life outside of music? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. Uh, uh, let's see, like my biggest takeaway yeah, like, because yeah. more so, like, the art eventually influences the artist as much as the artist influences the artist. Like, how has singing, like, kind of just become, changed you, let's say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's changed me a lot where um, I was able to come out of that shell, right? Um, like I said, I was a really shy kid. And when I, uh, I found through the process, when I'm on stage, in front of a lot of people and when I'm singing, I feel really liberated where I can like enjoy the process so much. It's like almost like doing meditation. And also either, like either on stage or if I'm like just using my home studio recording, like I can just do that for like hours and hours, right? Or like for the whole day, um, not getting up at all, like that's happened before. Um, it's like really deep, like a different, a whole like different feeling. I can't compare to anything else. I'm like really liberated and like truly happy. Yeah. Oh, man. That's the thing you got to do. That's that when you found your mm -hmm. bliss like that, you just have to keep on pursuing it. Cause that's a beautiful thing that you found. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you feel like that too. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you're in a group of other actors and you're actually performing on stage or in front of the camera on a cool set, you realize this is where I want to be. And you keep yeah. on working to make sure that you consistently get that stage time to work on it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh. And it's funny because, no, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, when you mentioned stand-up comedy, like when we met at the bank and we were friends there, you never mentioned that to us, right? And like, I don't know, like when you have, uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, like when you're at the bank, like you never imagine people to be like, you know, singing or like doing, like being on the stage, like uh, doing stand-up comedy. So that was, I was really excited and like happy to see doing that. 
a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, thank you. And like, also, to be fair, like, I never, I didn't have, that wasn't an idea of mine when I was working at TD either. Like, um, because like Vancouver scene is so small and I, and I assume like for music um, as well as just maybe not, not as many like kind of uh, venues per se for, for music as you would in a bigger city. So like, I didn't really pursue it until I came to Toronto, but I'm, I'm wondering like, I mean, you remember I was funny around the bank. You were definitely, it was really fun to have you there. Yeah. Okay, good, good. At least that, at least that came, came across and, um, yeah. So that makes more sense than to I'm doing stand-up. Um, but, um, but aside from that, I do uh, want to ask you a bit because like this, this kind of singing experience, especially when you're doing it younger, and you mentioned like um, your mom kind of um, talking about getting into the singing competition for with your mom. Like how has your family um, helped you in terms of like being able to support you through this crazy experience suddenly like mm -hmm. like not only like maybe it's like your your you know your daughter or your like your your sister um within your family like suddenly this person is huge within the country and it's like they also have to be able to like either help you um with that experience or like navigate that experience how was that whole yeah. thing for your family as well yeah um just fyi i'm not huge um i would say well known right <laughs> <laughs> like people would maybe would recognize and that was like a long time a decade ago right and then i'm i'm slowly getting back there <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean hey you've you've reached the point where at least more than um i mean lucas how many subscribers we got <laughs> like maybe 70 at least more that you're into at least like triple digits uh, four digits five digits people which is significantly more than than the two of us so you're getting there. Well, you guys just started, so it's good. And persistence is important, which you have, right? With all of this, it's it's the most important thing. I think. I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, to answer your question, um, my family wasn't like always that supportive uh, with music because it's, it's a very different um, environment out there in Mongolia than here, right? Like, uh, because I don't know, like, um, I guess you don't get paid that well, you know? Even if you do become like, you still have to hustle even when you're up there, that's what I think. Um, and then only like a few of them make it, you know? So it's hard. Whereas if you're here or like you could go to like Hollywood, for example, if you were born here, right? It's a, a totally different thing. But you know, like uh, when my family, my mom, when she found out that um, this is what I really love to do and it makes me happy, um, she did uh, in the end um, decided to like uh, support me but you know they're family and they're always protective of you so when you put like uh you know like weird cover songs or like you know even like pictures she's like oh my god don't like take that down take that off like what are people gonna think you know like um even though they're like totally normal like pictures like they're all i think they're always gonna be protective like that 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, it, it is kind of, I think we talked a little bit on the previous episode as well, where it's like, it's tough to show, like you can show other people, strangers, like nobody really cares with, with strangers, kind of. But like when it comes to showing your family members or like your very close friends, uh, like your parent or whatever, parents, like those are going to be the moments where it's like you're really like waiting for the reaction and seeing what, you know, what they're going to they're going to react to it. And like, yeah, you know what? I mean, I can definitely get that um, sense and experience as well, like especially from like Asian families in general with something that's less stable yeah, okay. as like pursuing entertainment or like things that may not pay well when you're starting out absolutely they're, they're always mm-hmm. just going to worry um mm-hmm. but i think like in terms of how you've been approaching it with like as a hobby and then now you're uh, expanding it and seeing what other things that you can do with it i know you you mentioned that you're you're also interested in really kind of helping other mongolian women as well like pursue other opportunities kind of similarly in that light um, can you talk more about this, like Women's Alliance of Mongolia, that you've been you're, you're interested in starting? I think it's like a nonprofit organization that you you want to work into uh, creating to help Mongolian women, right? Yeah, and that's one of my other passions. Um, it's a it's a new thing for me right now, but I have like um, big goals, <laughs> you know, to achieve with that. It is a nonprofit organization that I've um, uh, created to help and support Mongolian women, especially those who are like single mothers, um, because, you know, the law back there in Mongolia, it's, it's not very supportive of those kinds of, you know, like um, households. So I feel like it's not fair because I've lived in these different countries, like three other countries now, and then, uh, when you compare, um, you know, everything to like Mongolia and those like single parents, especially single mothers, I feel like this is not fair. They shouldn't be living like this, right? Um, And my mom is one of those people, um, but we haven't lived there for like that long, you know? But people who are there, um, I really feel like they could do better if there was like more support for them and then um, my goal is to help them through like more um, through with their education, right? Um, or connect them with other like mentors, um, other like-minded women or people who uh, can help support them who are already doing well in the industry and who are like all living and working all over the world. Just uh, connect them and help educate them. that sounds like definitely like a really um inspiring and like uh noble type of like endeavor to uh pursue and definitely looking forward to to seeing where you you'll be um taking that i'm wondering is like Mm -hmm. is there like some kind of website where we can get find more information on that yeah so um the website is um under construction right now but it will be up yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Well, we're looking forward to that. But it will. It is called the um, Women's Alliance of Mongolia, and uh, y- you can probably find the website soon on the Facebook page or website. Yeah. 
You can find it through my Facebook page. Yes, most likely. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to seeing that as well as um, kind of the new music you you have going on as well. Uh, we'll probably we'll link a bunch of to your music from last year. Um, and whenever that comes out, the new music comes out, we'll uh, try to share it as well. Um, well, I mean, thank you, Anu, for for coming on and um, sharing your your very interesting, very unique experience. I think um, being able to do like a national singing competition and then um, kind of being known for that. And then now you're also in a completely new market, new environment and pursuing that as well. So it's like, I, I get it. It's like there's the yes, and then there's the no, but we're going back to the yes type of- uh... Exactly. Yeah. Um, and one thing I do wanna mention is it's, uh, I am in the, all these like different fields, right? Like banking, international relations, like singing and now like MBA business. Um, uh, a lot of people, I feel, well, I didn't know this before, but I thought I was like weird. Like, why can't I just choose something like my brother? You know, he's been in IT like forever. Um, so I thought I was like weird. I can't make decisions, something like that. But it's actually um, a good thing I found um, through this whole process. It's like, um, like you, I, b- both of you probably, right? Um, you, you love a lot of things. Um, you can do a lot of things well. Um, it's, I guess, multi-talented. So um, it's, yeah, I used to think <laughs> it was like a weakness. I feel like it's more of a strength now. So, mm-hmm. Well, I don't, think, I don't think we think of it as a weakness. Definitely the more, the more you know, breadth of experience you have, the more I feel like, you're, like you can learn from different avenues, different perspectives, and then uh, apply it to your passion or your art but um yeah no I agree that that sounds like a good way to segue into our word association game at the end of our podcast are you ready are you ready for it okay can you tell me the rules (laughs) yeah Yeah. so the uh so the word association game that we have we play at the end of our um podcast is we'll ask you 10 words or I'll ask you 10 words Lucas will then also Mm -hmm. ask you 10 words and Basically, once we say our each of our words, uh, you say the first either word or like image or idea or thought that comes to your mind right after we say it. And then mm-hmm. it's kind of just like a fun game where like you you don't think too much about it and then you just react. It's like one of them. Okay. So yeah. we'll see how it will sounds fun. <laughs> it goes. Yeah, no pressure, just like you know, let your mind and it's like any word. Any word, any word, any okay. idea. It's it's all just to be like little fun little little insight there um so yeah yeah, uh lucas do you want to start with 10 and then i'll Uh, end off yeah for sure all right so anu get to your calm space your zen space and uh yeah we'll free flow with this okay so first word of 10 first word voice singing td bank Okay, cool, cool. Space. Meditation. Oh, cool. Work. Briefcase. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Reset. Start. Oh, competition. Universe (laughs) of 
Nice, nice. <laughs> Struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally feel you. Uh, win. A lot of things. Um, achievement. Nice. Perform. Stage. Last one, anew. Huh? Oh, a- anew. Music. Nice. <laughs> There you go. Awesome. All right. Okay. So that was fun. My 10. So mm-hmm. get ready for my 10. Uh, first okay. word. Okay. Family. Love. Pineapple. Uh, vase. Because I have one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the shape of a pineapple yeah no way yeah um okay next word rain forest alone yoga Hmm. motivation strength kumquat Comic-Con? Kumquat. What's that? It's a fruit. It's a fruit. It's, just, it's a fruit with a funny... Oh. And it's, it's... Yeah, it is funny. Yeah, it's always interesting to see how certain guests will be like, well, like confused because it's uh, it leads you down a certain thought process. Uh, next word. I heard Comic-Con. <laughs> uh, Mongolia. Mm-hmm. Tightrope. Um, focus. <laughs> Satisfied. Happy. Ending. Life. Ooh. Ooh, wow. That was, ooh, that was, uh, I felt that. I felt that last sense answer. And life. Whoa. Well, here comes to the end of our podcast. Uh, thank you, Anu, for uh, coming on and being our guest today. Hey. <laughs> thank you. It's been a long time since I've, you know, like done this kind of thing, like an interview or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Cool, Thank you. Cool. No, thanks for coming on. And um, like, what's what are your your uh, your handles that we can share? Sorry. Uh, for social media, like, what are some of your handles? Where can people find you? Yeah. So, um, on Instagram, you can find me at anu uh, short for Davasaran. Um, and same for Facebook, anu Nice. Cool. And I know you have like... And YouTube. Yeah, so my YouTube is Anu Davasaran. And that's two A's in Davasaran. Exactly. It's a hard name. <laughs> Davasaran. Yeah. Or you can look up my one of my songs, like Addicted 
uh, Anu or When We Dance Kizomba Anu. You can find me that way. Perfect. Yeah, we'll share. And there's another song too, and you can find that out. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, we'll we'll link uh, to a bunch of those um, down in the description below. Uh, Lucas, uh, how about you? Uh, everyone can find me at Lucas John Ng on Instagram and on Facebook. And uh, Josh. So me at Josh Yang Comedy across uh, everything. And of course, uh, if you're not tired of this voice, like I said before, I, I this voice is what you know is going to make it or break it for me. You can listen to the Sleep with Josh podcast where I another podcast where i read very dull things like laws the dictionary oh wow <laughs> that's really cool count, count sheep for like 700 sheep for an hour uh, to help you go to sleep there's a podcast for that uh so that's uh, sleep with josh that's yeah yeah and um great and everybody else please like and subscribe uh, to the Have We Made It Yet podcast. You can find us across different social media as well um, at HWMIY podcast. Uh, subscribe down below, like, and comment. And uh, yeah, that is the end of this great episode. Thank you again, Anu, for joining us. Ooh, thank you. It's awesome. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, great. See you all next week. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to.